Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast where we get into all things biotech trading. My name is Matt and I want to thank you all for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about gene therapy and CAR-T. So this area has become pretty hot in the last few years and I think we've seen that a few company, few biotech companies have been acquired by larger pharmaceuticals and I think a lot of the technology that's been coming out from the smaller biotechs now have a lot of potential and yeah, so I think, uh, I think it's definitely worth diving into. I myself have some stock in a few different companies, so we can talk about them. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about the science behind gene therapy and CAR-T, then talk about Bluebird and the trials they have going on now, and then we'll wrap up with my portfolio, which uh, is only going to be up until last Friday, and I know I'm a little bit late, but given the half week of trading this week, I think it's okay. So let's get into it. So gene therapy itself is a process whereby we want to introduce some new uh, genetic material into cells. So that's that's the basic concept. Now, the problem is we can't just inject people with DNA because there's a lot of DNAs that exist out there that are just going to cut up the DNA, and we really need that DNA to actually get inside the cells, and ideally, if it was inside the nucleus, it would be good too. So the, the way that scientists have figured out how to do this is we have vectors that exist. And these can be viral vectors or plasmid vectors, or we can use techniques that'll puncture, that'll put holes in the cells that allow the DNA to actually get inside them. So the technology that exists now, a lot of the, the vectors that we're going to be talking about later are these AAV vectors, which are a viral vector, similar to what we're seeing here, but just a different kind of virus. And... These, uh, these viruses, so we've in, we'll engineer the viruses to contain our piece of modified DNA, whatever it is that we want to change in the cells. And what we'll do is we'll take these vectors, put them into people. The vectors will do their business by going into the cell or putting the DNA into the cells, our target cells that we want. And then the DNA that's in there will be transcribed and translated. And then whatever DNA is is in there will that protein will be encoded and hopefully replace a malfunctioning protein that is the cause of a lot of diseases that we're going to talk about in a bit so that's the basic concept behind gene therapy the the it's been around for quite a while but it hasn't been very successful in the clinic up until now and uh, so i think companies have been scared to get back into it until the idea of um, taking cells from the blood doing the gene therapy on the cells and then introducing the cells back into people until that concept came around it was kind of a uh, it was hard to to do this gene therapy on humans themselves by actually injecting the vector into humans so um, with the involvement of this new technology it's it's kind of been a game changer and companies have slowly got back into gene therapy itself and as we'll see in spark uh, the gene therapy actually tends to work so the the vectors have improved a lot and we kind of know more about how to introduce these uh, pieces of DNA in order to improve disease. So uh, this also fits with CAR-T because it's a similar process. So CAR-T is really just, it's doing gene therapy on T cells that have been isolated from the blood. And instead of, well, it's, it's exactly what it is, but instead of replacing a malfunctional gene, it's introducing a, a gene that's going to make T-cells weaponized against a certain type of tumor. So we'll talk about that. Actually, I can just talk about that right now. 
So this is the process behind uh, CAR-T. So we, we collect the blood, we collect T cells from the blood, we transfect them with some vector that has a piece of DNA, and a lot of it is this CAR, well they call it a CAR, but it's really anything that is going to be reactive to a certain type of tumor. And this is where the different companies sort of differentiate themselves because the the whatever the car is, you want it to be reactive against a type of tumor that's that's you know causing disease in a person. So uh, they talk about integration here, which doesn't always happen, and it doesn't necessarily need to happen in order to get good protein expression, and that's what you really want. And then when you put these T cells back into a person after you deplete some of the uh, T cells that were already in there, they're going to they're going to multiply and populate, and they're going to be able to attack and kill cancer cells themselves. So this uh, this technique has has been around for a little bit now, and companies like Juno and Kite that uh, that were around and have now been acquired by um, Celgene and Gilead, um, they they were successfully doing this, and they uh, the it's been very successful, so it's um it's been pretty cool to to watch it happen. And now different companies have come up with different types of cars and different generations of cars in order to attack different kinds of of tumors. So the um yeah, so back to Bluebird. Um, Bluebird has has two different kinds of programs. The one is really related to blood cell diseases, and the other one is related to tumor diseases. So uh. They're, they're a little bit of a hybrid between these two, even though the concept themselves are, are relatively similar. So the, the blood diseases are relatively um, interesting when it comes to this technology because it's, it's easy to take blood from people and to do your modifications and then put the cells back in. And I think that's why a lot of these companies are focusing on blood cell diseases as well as um, cancers and blood cancers because the, the cells of the blood that patrol such as T cells um, can be taken out and modified and then put back in so it's really cool and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this technology evolves once the proof of concept has been laid out so uh, if we go to the slide deck that they have Bluebird has so like I said the two different um, programs so the lentiglobin is for this uh, transfusion dependent um, thalassemia disease as well as sickle cell disease and then they're also treating cerebral adrenoleukodystrophy which is uh, a, a rough disease for kids and that's more of a raw um, gene gene therapy cure so they're it's all based on the same concept of taking cells out treating cells with these um, viral vector putting the cells back in after you deplete the cells that were were already in there and then those cells that are newly introduced are going to fix whatever problem there was so in cerebral adrenal dystrophy the it's a protein mutation and um, what they do here so this is the paper that they published based off the phase 2 trial that they did and basically a mutation in this ABCD1 gene leads to a loss of function of this ALD protein so what they do is they take the hematopoietic stem cells from these people, they treat them with their Lenti, uh, Lenti D uh, viral vector, and that's going to now introduce a 
uh, correct version of the ABCD1 gene. And then when they deplete these cells, they, they do an ablation of all the hematopoietic stem cells in the patients, and then they reintroduce the newly um, transfected hematopoietic stem cells, and they seemingly will have a good copy of the gene now, and it will no longer be a problem. So they've seen really good results in phase two, and I don't think there's going to be any trouble in phase three. Um, if we just look here, uh, they've, you know, the, the amount of CD14 positive cells with the expression of the correct protein are, are right here. And it's, uh, it's nice to see that at 36 months, they still have that sort of expression. So in theory, if you do this uh, procedure, the gene should just be there and you won't need any extra treatments. And we'll talk about that a little bit when it comes to beta thalassemia. But uh, suffice to say that, you know, they're, they're seeing stable expression and correct expression of this protein after they do the treatment, which is very encouraging. So regarding beta thalassemia, that's a, that's a blood disorder where they get um, hemolysis of the cells. So you become anemic and in order, and if you have a very severe um, case of the disease, you need to get regular blood transfusion just so you can be normal. So it's, it's a real pain. And uh, if there's a way that, that it could be treated, it would be better. And so the, the stock actually dropped a few weeks ago on the news that GBT, this company here, had a successful trial. So their drug is a, is a once daily pill called uh, Voxelator. Anyway, and it's for sickle cell disease. So Bluebird's um, doing a trial for sickle cell disease as well as beta thalassemia. They're, they're both similar diseases where you're, it's a disease of having insufficient blood cells. So their product, if it's taken daily, will um, fix the sickle um, problem with the cells so that patients don't need, um, they, they just get, they get better outcomes when they, when they're treated with this. So it's a, it's a once daily treatment and not all of the patients responded positively to it. So it's not a cure by any means. And if Bluebird was successful, that would seemingly be a cure since the gene would just be reintroduced into the body. So they, they wouldn't have a problem um, needing recurring treatments um, like a once daily therapy would require. So uh, I think the, that it's nice that GBT had good results here. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a big threat to Bluebird if they're able to get success in phase three. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty hopeful, at least I think given the data that I've seen in phase two for, for both the uh, called CALD program, which is their Lenti-D as well as the Lenti-Globin, it's been pretty positive. So this is, uh, this is from their phase two study they published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it's just the number of months since they um, haven't needed a blood transfusion. And these are people that have a homozygous knockout for the beta thalassemia gene. So, well, not for the gene, but the, the gene, the beta zero um, genotype. So they have both um, knockout of both of these genes, which is very severe beta thalassemia, and they need transfusions in order to survive. So a lot of these patients don't need transfusions anymore. And, and that's pretty encouraging. So We'll, uh, we'll wait to see how phase three wraps up, but I think it'll be positive. So the things that I'm looking forward to are um, 
um, ASH 2018, we're going to see some updates on the beta thalassemia project. And in the second half of this year, we should see an update on the cerebral adrenal leukodystrophy project. So I think those are the things to watch out for before you take a position or if, you, if you're um, feeling positive about it, which I am, I'm just kind of waiting to see if, uh, if there's a better entry before I can scale into a position. But I think these guys hold a lot of promise. They have a lot of programs going on using their technology, which I think is very encouraging. Um, yeah, so if you go to Biofarm Catalyst, you can see all the different programs that they're, they're doing. And they're, they're kind of extensions based off the core technology, which is this gene therapy. So yeah, so those are the two things that I'm gonna be looking forward to. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the competitors for Bluebird. So the like I said, there's a lot of companies involved in the space right now. Um, some of the ones that, that stand out to me are Spark, Sangamo, Unicure, and Fate. And most of them are involved in blood. Fate is more uh, cancer-related, blood cancer and solid tumor-related. And they have a bit of a unique program in that they're not trying to use people's autologous cells to repopulate the um, to repopulate their immune cells. They're trying to get an off-the-shelf product by using um, induced pluripotent stem cells. So they just get one donor. Technically, what they do is if if everything goes right, they get one donor. Um, they induce pluripotency in these cells, and then differentiate them into T cells that have the car and then that car is transfused into any patient that wants it and when they do the um, pluripotency stage they're going to remove any of the HLA markers that would interfere and cause graft versus host disease so they hold a lot of promise because they're not using autologous or yeah because they're not using autologous cells so it's technically an allergenic transfer but because they remove the HLA proteins there then it would have a lot of potential so they're a lot earlier clinically than the rest of the companies but I think they hold a lot of promise so um, Spark, Sangamo, and Unicure are all related in the they all have a, an interest in the blood diseases so um, Sangamo is looking at beta thalassemia and they're doing the autologous um, hematopoietic stem cells as well uh, Spark on the other hand is doing um, hemophilia, but they're also just doing gene therapy into people. So they're injecting their virus into people and then hoping that they get a uh, reintroduction of good factor five, factor eight and factor nine genes in the respective different hemophilia. So a bit of a different disease, but their um, concept is, is also much less intensive. So they don't need to take the cells out and that goes through. That's a bit more of a process, even though there might be more side effects associated with injecting an actual virus into people. So it's a bit different. And yeah. Uh, so, and then yeah, Unicure is also looking at hemophilia and they have their own AAV vector that they're using. So if we compare these companies, uh, Bluebird is obviously much bigger than the rest of them. They, and I, you know, it's just based on the amount of cash that they have. So the amount of cash on hand that they've raised is enormous, and it pales every other company um, in comparison, even though there's still a lot of interest in the other ones. But I think, pardon me, the, um, the thing to pay attention to is the amount of research they're doing. So 
So Bluebird's spending per quarter about $128 million in R&D expenses in, uh, in everything to do with operations, but that includes R&D. So they're, they're definitely committed to the cause, and I think this is going to make them a big player, and it's probably going to give um, even the companies that have acquired Juno and Kite a run for their money. So the these other guys are, are doing well, and they have a bit of a different uh, methodology to what they're doing, but they're they're not putting quite as much money into R&D compared to Bluebird. So I, uh, I'm going to take a position in Bluebird at some point. Um, if you guys have been following me to any extent, you know that I have a position in Spark and a position in Fate. Uh, Spark already has a product on the market for their blindness. I think it's RPE5 gene. And they've shown that if they um, inject this virus into intraorbitally into patients, they can cure blindness, which is pretty cool in these patients. So I think the fact that they already have a product on the market holds a lot of promise for me. And yeah, then I already talked about fate and why I think they're, they're a buy. So all in all, I think um, these companies have different advantages and it's worth looking into. So I down here, I also have compared their revenue and their operating expenses and their operating income. And uh, we can see that the value is actually relatively fair. And I say that just because if we look at even um, comparing the operating expenses that they have, um, Spark pays about half the amount of operating expenses, Sangamo is about a quarter, uh, Unicure is about a fifth, and Fate's about a tenth. And if we look at their market cap comparison, it's not that much different. So it looks like the market is pricing these companies relatively fairly compared to each other. Now, whether or not they're, they're pricing the entire market fairly is something of debate, right? And we have to look at the amount of potential patients that are out there, the real market value that they have. So um, I think in general, it's, uh, it's good to be diversified in some of these companies since this technology is going to really take off when it comes to blood cancers and the, the blood diseases as well, like hemophilia, are also going to be um, largely treated by these types of treatments once, once they're approved. So any of the recombinant factor companies, I think, are not uh, ideal right now, even though they're the, the basic... They're the gold standard for treatment. I think these companies are probably going to overdo them or outdo them soon enough. So that's uh, pretty much what I have to say about that. So uh, before we wrap up here, I'm going to just talk about my portfolio. So this is based on Friday, uh, June 29th, the end of June. And I know we are the 3rd of July, but basically uh, not much has changed. So uh, Madrigal still doing well with that. It's fluctuating quite a bit actually between like 270 and like 320. So still going to hold on to them and, and wait for those buyout uh, rumors to come true. Uh, struggling with uh, AME and Gilead and Atomus. Uh, Luminous still doing good. Fate is up. I think today it's near 12, which is good. I'm going to hold on to them for a while. Um, Spark still around the same. Uh, BMY the same. So I actually did sell my Zafgen on Friday, I think, and it was around 10 bucks that I sold. And uh, I can see now that it's it's well over $10. So somebody asked me a question actually about what I do about secondary offerings. And uh, the explanation I gave, I think, is is pretty accurate to what I do. So I wanted to free up the capital. So I sold, even though, you know, there could be a ton more upside to Zafgen. Um, 
but I, I wanted the capital just in case. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about buying some blue, so I didn't want to keep it in Safgen, especially if they had announced a secondary offering like today, then the stock would have went down and I would have been stuck kind of holding it. So that's uh, that's sort of what I like to do with um, secondary offerings, but it's really personal preference. So, yeah. In terms of the portfolio, um, the XBI actually took quite a hit last week, and I think it's recovered a little bit now, but um, that's the only reason why my portfolio is stable. I guess the companies I had are relatively uh, immune to the XBI drop. But if we look at volatility, one thing that I noticed is that uh, the volatility for XBI dropped while the SP500 volatility increased. So I don't know if it has to do with the weekend or why. I'm not entirely sure why SPX volatility would have ticked up, but <clears throat> we did see yesterday that uh, it was all over the place, and even today it was all over the place, so um, just something to be mindful of, but um, yeah, so we'll see. But uh, anyway, I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, if you have any questions, I may have rambled through the CAR-T or the gene therapy stuff, but you know, hit me up on the comments section, and I'll, I'll get back to you if I was unclear about anything, but... I want to thank everybody for watching, and yeah, talk to you next time.